Hello. Hi, Rick. Can you do me a favor? Call me Richard. You don't like being called Rick? No, I don't. You didn't call yesterday. I tried. There was no answer. Well, I'm sorry I missed you. You should get an answering machine. Then I could... I could leave you messages. Do you have one? Doesn't everyone? Well, it's not fair then, is it? What isn't fair? Well, you can leave me messages anytime. I can't leave you any. I don't have your number. See what I mean? You can just pick up the phone and call me anytime you like. All I can do is sit here and wait. Would you like me to stop calling? Oh, no, no, absolutely not. I enjoy our conversations. It's just, I don't want to feel used. I wouldn't do that to you. Ah, but you already are. You know who I am, where I work, what I look like. I don't know anything about you. I want to meet you, see you. I think that we should talk and, and get to know each other better and become friends. Friends? You haven't even told me your name. It's Lisa. Lisa? I don't think your name is Lisa. <laughs> but if that's what you want me to call you, that's fine. For now. Richard, I have to go. My other line's ringing. I'll talk to you later. No, wait. Welcome to the Blind Rage Podcast. This is Brandon Ford. And I look like the goddamn Tweety Bird. Tony the Tiger. The Thunder from Down Under. Really? I like that turban. (laughs) I put away my baseball bat. (laughs) How are you? We'll do things professionally. Well, I am so very, very excited because we are doing one of my all-time favorite thrillers we've been doing a lot of my all-time favorite yes it's like that that oprah episode your favorite things yeah my favorite things and i've been screaming in the Mm -hmm. background like some maniac Mm Mm-hmm. yeah because you get a massive refrigerator that you couldn't possibly squeeze into your house i I get one of those meatloaf trays that has jaggeds inside of it so you always get a crust (laughs) oh that sounds unpleasant. Yay! <laughs> okay. Well, we're doing... I don't want to say we're doing Lisa, because that doesn't sound right. 
but we're doing a commentary for Gary Sherman's 1990 thriller Lisa, starring Stacey Keenan, Cheryl Ladd, D.W. Moffat, and uh, Tanya Fenmore. And wait, um, who played her dad? Oh, the guy from um, Arrested Development. Um, <laughs> yeah, what? No, what? Uh, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Something Talbot or something. Oh, yes, yeah, name? yeah. Oh, Jeffrey Tambor. Yes. Jeffrey Tambor. Remember when he got the sexual yeah. misconduct during um, that that transsexual transparent yeah the tra- yeah the transparent yeah now I would just and then he immediately quit acting which I don't blame him he was like fuck that I don't need well this he's thing. like approaching eighty uh, well I don't believe he did it anyway honestly because uh, nothing ever came yeah. of it. time can only tell <laughs> well he was also on one of the best episodes of Tales from the Crypt oh which one um, I feel like I remember him in it uh, he was on the one with Demi Moore okay I don't remember because <laughs> I don't remember um, her being in it <laughs> dead right Okay, uh, I think it was from the second season I like one Brooke Shields was in I reckon Yes. yes, came the dawn. That's yeah. a good one. I did a commentary for that the one. Redhead, um, her and uh, uh, Perry King. Yes, but yeah, we're not doing that <laughs> or that. No. We're doing Back Lisa. To Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, once again, written or co-written by Gary Sherman and um, directed by Gary Sherman and starring Stacey Keenan. Yes. Whose real name is Anastasia Sigorsky. Okay. What nationality <laughs> is that? Think Polish. Okay. Lovely. Um, but before we get into that, I'm just going to get the plugs quickly out of the way. Um, so I would like to encourage everybody to please check out my books in hardcover, Kindle, and paperback editions by going to Amazon.com, typing in Brandon Ford. You'll also find my author page, which you can subscribe to in order to receive email notifications whenever I have a new release. I have several titles available in audiobook format, which you can find on Audible by typing in Brandon Ford. If you don't already, please follow me on Instagram at writer Brandon Ford. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Brandon Ford. You can find Tony on Letterboxd at Tony underscore the underscore bear. Um, please don't forget to stop by the official Blind Rage Podcast Facebook page to like and subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, suggestions, recommendations, you can email me directly at blindragepod81 at gmail.com. What else do I have? I'm forgetting something. Uh, the Facebook page, did you say? There, Sorry, I was zoning out. I said. <laughs> i let you do I your spiel. Tony was falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm forgetting something. Um, your Twitter? There's the, there's the... I did Twitter um, and Facebook. To give a good review on um, your Apple page. <laughs> oh, yes. That is it. Um, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Blind Rage Podcast on your prefer- preferred pl- podcasting f- platform. Mm-hmm. And also, 
you can check out back and current episodes of the podcast on the Blind Rage Podcast yes. YouTube channel. It is one of those things when you when you have a regular uh, speech, you start forgetting it, and then like, oh, <laughs> there's a complacency, and then you then you forget things. <laughs> Well, you know what threw me was I was running down the list of movies that you rattled off from my letterbox, and I was like, wait, what am I going to talk about again? <laughs> um, so, speaking of letterboxed and movies, mm-hmm. what have you been watching lately? Talk well, I've been watching a few uh, vintage movies. Uh, <laughs> oh. So, the other day, I parked my car in the city in, like we're, we're surrounded by parklands and um, mm-hmm. as soon as I parked I had three magpies land on my hood <laughs> and start looking Ooh. through the window at me and so I ended mm-hmm. up watching the birds and I'd not seen that before so wow. it, was, it was a good experience I, uh... that's so weird <laughs> I think you know why? why is that? yesterday I was thinking might be fun to do an Alfred Hitchcock Oh, one. nice. We could do rope. <laughs> yeah. You know how I'm into rope play. <laughs> I know. I know exactly what you're into, believe me. Cause that... So go on, the magpies were looking at you, and what are they doing? The, and I took photos of them and pretended to be scared on my Facebook page, but um, I, I, I think that they uh, were expecting food, that someone must feed them, uh, maybe with a similar car or something. Because they weren't attacking me or anything um mm. so yes and how was the birds sorry how was the birds good i enjoyed it uh i, I i'd actually studied a little bit of it in a cinematography class that i took many years back and uh so one of the scenes they just looked at how they layered glass and painted a picture onto the onto the lens and how they did a certain thing, and that was interesting. Um, and the other movie I watched was a musical, which I didn't really like, called South Pacific. <laughs> oh. Um, it was good to know where... There are some songs that I knew outside of the movie, and it was good to sort of see them in their original context. But aside from that... Matthew made you watch that, didn't no, he? No, well, we've sort of been having a Rodgers and Hammerstein um, kind of... Uh, oh, God. Uh, the last couple of weekends, we watched a few music, like Sound of Music and something else. I think we're going to do The King and I. Must <laughs> you be such a cliche? What's wrong with musicals? I think it'd be more cliche if, if I was a horror podcaster who didn't enjoy musicals. <laughs> uh, no, you'd be an individual... <laughs> And speaking as an individual, what have you been watching lately? Well, I watched a movie called Grim Love, which is a fictionalized... Well, it's not really fictionalized. It's kind of a drama... Not dramatization. Okay, it is... Well, all right. uh, Okay. (laughs) Just jump in. It (laughs) is... Um, it stars Carrie Russell as, um, she's a, a graduate student, uh, studying forensics and she's decided to do her, her thesis on the German cannibal case, uh, Armin Mives. Okay. Yep. Only they changed, they changed his name 
for the movie. So as she's studying and find and looking up all the details of the case, there are reenactments of um, of what happened, which stayed pretty true to what happened. Um, and some of it was slow. Um, um, it was okay. Uh, some of it was really disturbing, though. I have to say, um, it was a, it was a bit of a difficult watch, um, but um, I don't really think that her character got a um, got any closure. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Did you ever see... So, she was in a movie years ago with Matthew Lillard, and I hated it. <laughs> oh, The Curve, yeah, yeah that D- was Dead Man's Curve, was it? It was... Well, sometimes it's called The yeah. Curve, sometimes it's called Dead Man's Curve. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. And I hated her being... She, she was one of the bitches in it. She was one of the, the bad oh, ones. Yep, yep. And I hated seeing her in that play that kind of well, character. Well, I guess after being Felicity for so long, she was like... <laughs> Give me a bitch. No, that was before oh, really? Felicity. That was during, yeah, that was during the Scream Clone phase. Yes. And you can tell because it's very, very Scream. Yeah. Well, even just having Matthew in it was like. <laughs> even just having Matthew Lillard in it. Yeah. It kind of reminded me a bit of that movie Gossip, uh, where it was trying to be a bit more elevated, but still not very good. <laughs> like, it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> Much like. Uh, Cherry Falls that one premiered on the USA Network before going to video I think I don't remember it might have been it premiered on USA as Dead Man's Curve and then they released it to video as The Curve or it might have been vice versa but I know it's known as both and it was shit um what else did I watch? I'm trying to remember now. Uh, cooties? I don't know if I want to talk about <laughs> cooties. You've still got a mental memory of it. Uh, you didn't want to talk about that drama. <laughs> no, I didn't okay. want to talk about that one. Um, a woman scorned? Did you uh, want to talk about that one? A woman scorned? tweet. No, that's the movie that you used to jerk off to. Um, that was quite cute. I don't know. What the fuck did I watch? Um, well, I'll tell you, I do have a movie to watch with that certain actor who I won't say his name. But um the one who was in that movie that I really enjoyed recently um but um I kept texting you the whole time to say how gay he is oh yes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he's in it so I'm going to I'm going to watch something else with him and oh. then I'll probably be sending you more messages talking about how gay he is. I, I, I wish I, I wish that you watched the movie Shattered Glass because I quite like that one and um, with him in it. Oh, and Skeleton Key you need to watch just because of Alison's birthday. Shut the fuck ah! up! You're giving it away! Fine. 
Oh my god. Yeah, remind me never to be divulge any <laughs> any secrets that could possibly incriminate I'm, me. I'm like in those the kids that like try to hint at something like, I don't know where it is, but don't look behind the couch. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly what you are. Uh, well, I guess I'll talk about cooties. I don't know, because I don't remember what the fuck the other um, movies were. So, what was the one that you sent with Carrie Russell? Grim love. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the other one that you watched. Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. What? But uh, Grim Love was okay. But if you're gonna if you're gonna watch it, be be forewarned. There's a lot of a lot of grisliness in it. Uh, a lot of blood and dismemberment but, uh, and cannibalism. Arnie Hammer stuff. Yeah. Um. Cooties I watched last night with Elijah Wood, and um, it's impossible not to compare it to Little Monsters, the 2019 Little Monsters with Josh Gad, because it's essentially the same thing, um, except Little Monsters was a lot better and a lot funnier. Okay. The, uh, this one had a lot of attempted humor but I just didn't think it was funny yeah and um I almost messaged you last night to say I'm watching yet another movie where the characters make an escape through an air vent (laughs) um yeah so yeah uh, I don't think like Mitchell can get through an air vent (laughs) no well uh we're supposed to believe that uh, uh, even little teeny tiny Elijah Wood can get through an air event, and I don't think that's possible either. His eyes couldn't fit through um, an event. No, not his baby blues. <laughs> I I did like Little Monsters. I found it quite. It has a very sweet heart, and I think that that's drew me to it. Uh, the horror wasn't a great element, you know. <laughs> no, I well, I liked well. I think Josh Gad was very sexy, but I thought he had a lot of really funny dialogue. Um, And I haven't seen it in a while, but like one of my favorite parts was when the girlfriend's son was saying something about his teacher, and he's like, "Well, you tell that teacher to suck a bag of dicks." (laughs) And he's saying this to a six-year-old. Yeah, but this uh, cooties did not have that. It just. It, the humor was kind of dry. Yeah. Well, uh, Rain Wilson had some funny moments. Um, and it didn't really have an ending. Yeah. Either. Um, what was it about? They just... If I may ask. Like, uh... Um, lice? Crabs? It was about these... This, uh... This, this very small town... Which is known for, uh... Manufacturing chicken mm-hmm. in nugget or uh, finger form, and I, I don't remember if it's actually said what gets into it, but there's some kind of it's like basically the equivalent of mad cow disease okay. that gets into the yep. chicken, and it turns the the kids who eat it into zombies. 
and but it only affects kids if you've gone through puberty then you're affected then you're not affected because like some of the some of the main adult characters get bitten or scratched and they're fine yeah uh, because one guy is like some weird uh not Scientologist (laughs) Uh, some weird scientist who's able to figure out everything without a lab Mm -hmm. or even a fucking um, beaker or uh, schematics he didn't have any of that stuff but but he was able to figure it out by putting his fingers because you get if you're adult and you get scratched you do get symptoms of stomach virus uh, like vomiting and explosive diarrhea which Elijah Wood does get and um, he just puts his fingers in it, the scientist, and he's like yeah, I um, use two of the oldest instruments in the world my two hands <laughs> and I had gloves and somebody's like, um, you're not wearing gloves and he's like, damn it um, it's like but how he didn't morning, know he wasn't good. wearing how he didn't know he wasn't wearing a rubber I don't know but he was not um, and he was able to figure it out yes like I said by, go, by by feeling his way through Elijah's not fun fluids okay I don't know why but for some reason my nose is really itchy okay doesn't that mean you're gonna get into a doesn't that mean you're gonna get into a big fight Oh, that no, that, if you do that to someone on the street, it means that you want to fight them. It's like the hanky code of the face. No, no, no. no. Is it, if, your palm, if your palm is itchy, you're going to get money. Yeah, that, that if doesn't your nose work. Is itchy, you're going to get into a fight. <laughs> no, of course it doesn't. It's just a stupid <laughs> superstition. Nevertheless, it's not. That belief is not stopping it because they keep scratching it. Do All you right. smell chicken when you scratch your nose? Sometimes that happens with the pig. Yeah, and I don't smell toast either. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I think my go-to scent in the in the front of my nose is chickeny. So <laughs> you might you might as well also ask me if I'm getting high. <laughs> Do you need towels? Just get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. My God, where did you just get those shoes? Whores for less. What's that from? <laughs> That's from Wild that Things. From no, Wild Things. <laughs> oh, I, I, knew, I knew I knew it. I haven't seen Wild Things in a while. Wild Things in a while. Mm. But, um, fucking, um, The Arrow just put out a, a, a 4K Ultra HD steelbook of that. Really? Oh, I'll have to look out for it. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's all that. Mm-hmm. But I think you can still get it in 4K UHD on regular, regular UHD. Yep. I just have the regular Blu-ray, and that's fine. For me. Yeah. So, speaking of movies, I think we should get into Lisa because, as I say, it is one of my all-time Lisa. Favorites. Very excited. Okay. And don't you ruin it for me by laughing at inappropriate moments. Because you have a tendency to do that. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you before, but you know, it does happen sometimes. I'll have to wear like an elastic band around my wrist next time and just snap it every time I want to mm. laugh. 
Or every time you laugh, you can just cut yourself. <laughs> Death by a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, if you want to watch along, I don't know where to find it, but it's probably on Prime. So, And it's on Blu-ray. Also, there are some places that say it came out in 1989. So if you're having trouble finding It did not. That is the fucking phenomenon that I keep telling you about. And it happens all the time where there is a movie that I have known my entire life as being released a certain year. And then out of nowhere, it's either the year before or the year after. Well, what I dread is that in America it was 1990, whereas internationally it was released like in the late 89. Well, internationally, they can suck my ass. I'm sure you'd love that. 1990. Just like Junior, I've known my whole life as being released in 1986, and then all of a sudden, 85. There was another one, too, that we did. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head right now. The Crush. But they <laughs> they did the, the flim-flam on me. No. If anybody starts saying that The Crush came out in like 92 or 94, <laughs> then I'm going to start swinging. I'm going to start busting heads and sucking dicks. I mean, you know Freudian I mean. slip. All right, all right. so... We're going to watch Lisa now. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about docking. You would. Well, Do you and Matthew helps. dock each other just for fun all the time? <laughs> Can you dock somebody? Recreate the Star Trek. <laughs> can you do that? Is that possible? Well, uh, I can give him some of mine. All right, let's get, let's okay. get into Lisa, because you, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. Oh, I'm so excited. And you just... Because you know I love... It. I love any movie... That has to deal with um, the telephone. Yes. Messing around with the telephone, prank phone calls, any of that it stuff. It did give me very much vibes of I saw what you did and I know who you are. Or swap that around, mm-hmm. I forget the name. <laughs> it's just called I Saw What Ah, it, it was called the, the Whole Thing, yeah. The, the, well, I think it's called the whole thing on the t- on the box. Yeah. Oh, the, okay, yeah. But, are you talking about the remake? Yeah, the one with or Shawnee, the, the one from the sixties. The remake with um, Shawnee yes. Smith. Yeah, no, that's definitely just called "I Saw What You Did." Now, see, this was is meant to represent something, but. Um, i.e. a seduction mm-hmm. um, it's supposed to look like a seduction anyway and that's the way Gary Sherman he storyboarded this whole movie as in particular this whole sequence yeah. Um, but yeah he knew exactly the way he wanted it to look every frame because he wanted this to come across as the setup for a seduction Especially with the horns in the background going, yeah. but to the me, pouring it and... always just to me it always just looks sinister. Okay, but I never, I never saw it as um, as a seduction, as preparation for a seduction. Yeah. Um, but when 
the first when the victim comes home, and I forget her name now. Um, no, but anyway, mm, we'll get to it <laughs> in a minute. Well, I, well, when she well that movie um, that I that I've mentioned a bunch of times, um, P two that the director yeah. um, ripped off. Um, the movie that she the movie that it ripped off lower level she was the lead girl in that yeah um she was a miss america a former miss okay. america so she was like a vanessa williams type only not as successful <laughs> she needed to get vanessa pregnant. williams had a whole acting and singing career oh no she wasn't I pregnant she did that to... nude thing didn't she She did so. She did a fucking like porno layout, big yeah. fucking deal, and they decrowned her. That was a bunch of bullshit. Well, I reckon that that probably helped her career more than anything. That whole controversy. <laughs> well, it probably did. Yeah, and then they gave the crown back to her like two years ago, after like thirty years, and she graciously accepted it. I would have been like, shove it <laughs> up your ass. Oh yeah, but she was a she was a, a beauty queen. I always loved and well. Apparently, you're not seen as a beauty queen if you do porn. Yes, but she didn't. Well, she didn't really even do porn. She just did pictures. But I, I absolutely understand this whole seduction scene. I, I don't. I think it's that thing that I always wonder is maybe you saw it as sinister because you know it's a thriller. Had you had you had you turned this movie on and not known what it was, you might have thought, "What is this crappy romance?" Mary. Um, we're going to hear the director's comment in a second. There he is. That's Gary Sherman right there. Um, also, I wanted to say the score is done by Joe Renzetti, mm-hmm. <clears throat> who also did the score for not one, not two, and it might have even been more. But I know he at least did two of Frank Henenlotter's uh-huh. movies. He did the score for Frankenhooker and Basket Case 2. Yeah. Um, and it's very different. The score for this is very different than anything that you would hear in either of yes. those movies. There's the introduction of Stacey Keenan playing Lisa and Tanya Fenmore playing Wendy. I think they play really well off of each other. I was kind of hoping a friend would die. (laughs) Find her a bit annoying. I think she's cute. What were you doing there? I was wiping my nose on my (laughs) sleeve because it won't stop itching. Um, See, a lot of this is all set up. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was done intentionally uh, in the script. Um, the 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 prologue, so to speak, um, was done to show exactly how the killer operates, and then to show their dynamic, yes. 
Tanya, I mean, Lisa and uh, Wendy, and then to show um, um, Catherine. Yeah. It is a very well-structured movie. I will give it that. It is. It definitely is. It's it's very well written, and it's it's you can tell that he had a, a very very specific vision. Yeah. He planned it well in mind you know. for this movie. He he did, and all of it was shot on dolly tracks. Okay. He did not want Steadicam yeah. at all. She's in love with George Michael. Yeah. Sorry, love. <laughs> mm. Well, that was a hint right there. That she's oblivious that, um, to people. <laughs> well, no, the, um, whatever the fuck the co-worker's name is, because she said, you better watch out for those guys who bleach their hair and wear earrings. Yeah. That was code for he's gay. <laughs> if he wears a jumper... And also we have set up right here... Also, we have set up right here because you, you see Cheryl, uh, Catherine's face fall when the friend jokes and says that Lisa's got a new guy. Yeah. She's in panic mode. Um, why not, I feel it's a bit insensitive. Cheryl tends to call everyone, hey, guy. <laughs> and I don't know where the fuck Wendy, Wendy lives. Is, is she like in Kuwait or something? Why is she behind bars? Like, what is this? Uh, she She's in the valley. Listen to those bars. This is like and that, fucking that front a fortress. Door is like those, Impenetrable. Those steel silver doors that... <laughs> Lisa also lives in a pretty crappy place as well. They don't live in houses. They live in um, apartments or not even apartments. No, I think Wendy's is, in a, is a house. Lisa Lisa lives in a loft. Yeah. Um, and one thing that Gary Sherman did when he was doing this was um, he, he played around with the geography of um, California because um, it's uh, a lot of it is shot in Venice and a lot of it is shot in downtown Los Angeles yeah um, I like this one. Um, but for some of the cuts it um, it's like um for example, when Catherine is walking home and the guy's knocking on the door to because he can't he can't reach Allison, um, that was Venice. Where she was was Venice, and where he was was downtown Los Angeles. Okay, yeah. Um, and the same thing with um, when she meets Richard for the first time. Um, when he goes, she's in Venice when she's watching him walk away. And then when he goes to his car, he's in downtown LA. Yeah, yeah. Or that could be a to that could be flip flop. Yeah. But it's really taking advantage always, that they didn't have to be in the same uh, <laughs> location yes. to interact. It's, it's, yeah. it's different. Pers yeah, perspective. I always thought this guy was creepy, cute in a weird kind of way. <laughs> 
like in a like in a real person non Hollywood. Yeah, kind of I think way. it's because it's got the acne scars. Thank you, Mister. Mm. I'm not, like, I'm not saying that I, I had sexual <laughs> fantasies about him, but he's a real yes. person, and that's I think that's the kind of he's the kind of person that you would see working for the DMV. Mm. So we're introduced to their little investigative journalism. Well, I mean, it doesn't really lead to anything. All they do is they pick a subject, they follow him, they get his identity, they end a picture, and then add it to a scrapbook, yeah. and then move to the next They're busybodies. <laughs> no, they're not busybodies. They're not in their business. Um, it's just, I guess, a hobby that they have. Yeah. But I, And I know we're getting way, way, way ahead here but I always found the moment when she comes home and she finds the scrapbook under the desk lamp <laughs> to be incredibly an incredibly creepy way to to begin the final yeah, act of yeah. the movie see um they <laughs> just going back to their investigativeness. I had a bad experience with a a, a boy from school who um, no. no, well he ended up he ended up getting into the police force, which I further didn't like it as well. But uh, so when I was let's say nineteen twenty, he uh, without me knowing, he saw me out and about in like a gay area, and he decided to tell everyone. <laughs> It's, it's sort of that thing of just mind your own bloody business. <laughs> so he was a busy yes. man. But in saying that, he did like he was a bit of an annoying person to other people. Like, uh, I remember the, the Trekkie boy at school. He, um, so Simon, the busybody, he sort of tracked down where he lived and then um, rang him up pretending to be like a, a uh, like FBI type of thing. And then, like, well, street, like he got he got Chris to come out his house, and then uh, turned like turned on his car, and then screeched past him, and it really scared Chris. Oh, that's yeah, it was awful. just he should have gotten his badge taken away. Oh, and, and the other thing, oh, just he should have been reported. This was before he was a police officer. This was back in back in high school. Oh, so this was back when he was just a dick, yes. and then he became a dick with a badge. He, um, he, he by the way, I wanted to point out when they were crossing the road, so that made me hate him. Just oh, anyway. shut up! Don't tell me that. Um, that that air shaft where she threw a tissue. Um, that was purpose purposeful foreshadowing right there. Yeah. Um, and they built that air shaft. That wasn't real. So you could get through that air shaft. <laughs> well, it's kind of like an alley more than it is an air shaft. Hopefully they can clean the bottom of it. I, I... I would say, it, well, it, it's not real, <laughs> but I would say if it were, if it were, it would be it open point, the yes. other side. I was quite proud of myself. I made moussaka the other day. I don't know what that is. It's but... like lasagna, but with potatoes. Sounds like something Greek. Yeah, it is Greek. Well, if you don't remember me, I'm going to hang up and I'll call you back. If you remember me, you call me back. 
They, the two of them had a, um, um, I think they had, well, Cheryl had a, has a daughter, um, because you see a picture of I think, I think she might be, she might be a little bit younger than Stacey Keenan was when she then they made this um so she knew what it was like to be a mom um to to a an adolescent girl um but still nevertheless they they worked on their rapport on their relationship so that they were comfortable together they the 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 uh the final act they really really worked very hard on together to get the proper emotion and I really think it shows. Yeah. Because I think they are both exceptional. I mean, I feel that throughout the movie, I find their relationship kind of, um, uh, not weird, but it goes from being quite strict to quite loose. Um, yeah, it's a bit frustrating yeah. at times because of that, yeah. But, in a, in a, but then I think uh, that means that their connection at the end really works, is that they sort of get onto the same page. But, you know, just even the fact that she won't let her, you know, have a boyfriend, but then she lets her use her credit card and sign the bill. It's it, it's weird stuff like that where it's one thing versus another thing. Mm-hmm. Not that I hated it for her. <laughs> just saying that I noted it. <laughs> And I like how she puts the hat on to <laughs> make herself look like a very flamboyantly yes. boy. Oh, and this here, I don't, it always bothered me, but she is very, I don't, I wouldn't say cold, but she's, she kind of is not very um, engaged with the, sh- with the shop owner here. And he's very, very sweet to her. Um, but she just can't get out of there fast enough, and I never understood that. Yeah. And he seems like a very nice, pleasant man. And um, Gary said he had always wanted... I think he was an established actor. Forgive me for blanking on his name, but he had been an established actor for a while, and he had wanted him for the role of the, of the shop owner. And as they were leading up, to the movie, um, he had a stroke. Oh, that explains. Unfortunately, um, he had a weird uh, eye. Um, how he looks? I, I think it's a glass oh, okay. eye. <laughs> um, but well, I I think he was. I think he wanted him for that role, but he was kind of you know maybe I should go with this guy or maybe I should go with this guy. And then after he had the stroke, he was like okay, I'm definitely going to put him in the movie now because this might be his last. <laughs> well, he this didn't mean it like, you yeah. know. Yeah, he... <laughs> I never thought that he was attractive. Uh, well, let me well, let me finish my thought. Wait. I never thought he was attractive until later in life. He aged well. He looked really Are you good. Are about the killer? Um... 
Yeah, DW. Now, market. who had the stroke? The shop owner. Okay, the shop you, know, you owner. just went from one person to another so quickly. I was like, what? <laughs> well, I, I switched because we're introduced to yes. Richard. Um, yeah, but um, I think I didn't like him because before this, he was in an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Ah, yes. And he was such an unlockable, unlikable <laughs> character. And he played that was too what well. I associated yes. him with. Well, that's like me and Patrick Wilson. Um, I can never find him attractive because of hard candy. <laughs> Uh, well, I I thought he was hot before Hard Candy, so... He got your candy hard. <laughs> I saw Angels in America, I think, before Oh, that. that's right. He was, yeah, he was quite... And actually, I, I did find him cute in that, and I don't know if it's because it was before Hard Candy, even though, like, I saw it only, like, a year ago. I think I'm... I might be thinking of someone else... I think I am. But the guy he was with in Heart, I mean, in Angels in America, I remember thinking, okay, <laughs> you're way too hot for him. <laughs> um, I don't remember who he got with. I, but I, I, don't, I don't think it was the guy who contracted AIDS. It, but I think he was another one of the ensemble. But he was just very plain. Yep. Very average looking guy. Okay. Because I remember Patrick, his story was with Mary Louise Parker, or whatever her name was. <laughs> Thanks for going. No problem. The one from Weeds. Yeah, I know who Mary oh, no, Louise so that is her. Parker okay. is. No, I've no, seen fried green tomatoes. <laughs> Brandon needs a pillow. <laughs> Give me a fluffy pillow. <laughs> All right, settle down, James. <laughs> <Ryan. laughs> I didn't actually think you'd get that way. <laughs> Who puts their hat? I like that. <laughs> I don't know, but that whole, that whole. Uh, loft was made and dressed specifically for the movie because that um, building was not apartment. Yeah, no, it does. It doesn't look time. like it. Yeah, it looks uh, like business. I was thinking the other day. <laughs> well, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it was. It was a factory yeah. beforehand, but before. Um, before they started, they filmed the movie there. It was, um, it was shut down. Yeah. So it wasn't functioning. I had an ex stay at a hotel, and um, just for the for overnight while he was uh, in Sydney, and he didn't think much of it. But the next day, he realised that he was the very last person there, and that all of the rooms around him were getting demolished. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh yeah. Not to this extent, but this kind of seems like something that I would do. 
when I was that age. Because I was always looking up, like, you know, teachers' phone numbers in the phone book and calling them and just hanging out. Oh, my up. God. <laughs> uh, did, I ever tell you that, did I ever tell you that story about my sixth-grade teacher? I looked him up. I looked him up in the phone book. And, um, and I called him at a pay phone. It was right on the corner of my house. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what... I really don't know why... I can't. I couldn't tell you because he was he was not a mean teacher. He was actually a really really nice Did teacher. Did you have a crush on him? Really nice guy. Kind of. Yeah. Not a big one, uh, but he was he was cute, uh, and he was a younger guy too. He must have been like in his mid to late twenties. Um, and I think this was the summer after uh, sixth grade. Okay. So he wasn't my teacher anymore. And I remember I went, I found his number in the phone book, and I went, there was a, um, like a, uh, a meat shop <laughs> on, our, on the corner of our, of our block, and there was a pay phone right outside there, yeah. which I used to use a lot to make prank phone calls, and I called, and as soon as he answered, I just hung up, I didn't say anything. And then he called back. <laughs> and I hung up. And then he called back. And I hung up. And then he called back. <laughs> and he wouldn't stop fucking no. calling. I swear to God, every time he called, I would just pick it up, hang it up, pick it up, hang it up. And it wouldn't stop. And I was, I just kept looking around because I'm like, okay. What if there's somebody who saw me and comes to pick up the phone and then like they talk to him and he says, did you see who just called me? And like, could you describe him? Because I was very, you know, identifiable at that time because I was short. I had, you know, brown bangs, I had big glasses and he would have known it was me. Um, But there was a girl who's maybe a couple years older than me and she was sitting on the corner and she was watching me (laughs) and as soon as I started to walk away she started to come toward me and then the phone started to ring (laughs) from back toward it to pick it up again and hang it up and she was like um what did she say she was like, oh, I, I wasn't sure if you were done or not. I just wanted to call somebody. <laughs> and I was like, oh, um, yeah, uh, th- I, I was calling. I was talking to a friend, and he wouldn't. He, he's playing games. I don't know what I said. And I, I just said he won't stop calling. And um, she was like, oh, okay. Um, she was nice um, for you know a girl of that age. Um, but I just figured, okay, well, if she's on the phone, it's going to be busy. So hopefully she'll be on the phone a long time. And then by the time he calls back, she'll be gone. So I walked away and I had no idea what happened. Um, Your heart was rising. (laughs) But I was, well, I was scared I was going to get in trouble. Um, but he didn't end up, he tra- ended up transferring to another school 
Because like all I kept thinking was, oh my god, I'm going to go back to school and for in September. It's going to know it's me. It's going to look at my face. Why the fuck are you? Say, you rang me while looking at that salami, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my very uninteresting prank call. <laughs> I never pranked anyone. Um, I remember my sister, she was sleeping at my cousin's house and they recorded themselves farting and then they started ringing people up oh, and like God. playing the fart. <laughs> That's worse than what I did, no, that's and who I, I was mean that in a bad way. Actually, I remember my my other cousin. She rang up some old person, you know, <laughs> one of her parents' friends, to tell them that they won the lottery. <laughs> oh, I did something like that. Um. I did something like that. Um, I got, but it wasn't my idea. Um, I got this idea from somebody to call random people and say like you're from a. Well, the big thing was you had to talk fast. If you talked fast, you sounded legit. So there was one scenario where you said, um, "Try to remember what it was." It was like. Hi, this is Dan calling from 31 Flavors, and we're having a special promotion right now. If you could win, if you could name 31 flavors in 31 seconds, you could win $31,000. Are you ready? And they would just start rattling off shit. Um, and that wasn't even ice cream. And um, then there was another one where um, you called and said, Could you name as many Disney characters in 30 seconds? And this one woman kept going, and I felt bad because she sounded really sincere <laughs> and she sounded hopeful. Like, this is my last time. And I didn't. <laughs> yes, it was like you know she was really trying, and I see that was when I was like, okay, I can't, I, I can't do this. And then the girl who was with me had no conscience, so she was just like, it's a joke fuck off and hung up the phone oh. she snatched it from me <laughs> I was like no I feel bad okay so back to the movie and that hat um, and that awful awful Easter hat um, right here you could tell this was the first time he said to her that he loved her because of the way she looked at him. Um, but, um, in a way, I can understand where where Cheryl. she's coming from, but at the same time, yeah, I can understand how she feels, but at the same time, She's telling him without telling him that she doesn't have really any faith or confidence in their relationship. Yeah, yeah. Because already she's thinking about what it's going to be like after they they break break up up and how Lisa's going to feel. So that's why you never see him again. (laughs) For the rest of the movie. And yeah, it was to the point, I actually thought that 
he was the guy from the bowling alley, like that he sort of showed up, but no, <laughs> he just never comes back in. Anything. No, that that was just some random. She's very toothy. Who, Wendy? Yeah. Stacey Keenan is so fucking smart. You know what she's doing now? What? She's like a, um... A law professor? Okay. She, like, graduated magna cum laude from UCLA, and she was a, um... A district attorney for a while. Um... And... She got into something else. Cocaine. But she kept climbing the ladder. Yeah, Um, yeah, now she's a professor. She's really smart. Yeah. He keeps giving me uh, Peter Krauss, the guy from Six Feet Under vibe. Not at all. Not (laughs) at all. And the the chin. Oh, Peter Krauss. Still not at all. (laughs) I thought you meant Brian Krauss. No. Is he the one from Charm? No, no. Yeah. Yes. No, not him. No, I know Peter Krause from Six Feet Under. Yeah, no. I didn't couldn't recognize this actor from other stuff. He looks like too many other things to me. Um. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. He's very. He's what a traditionally good-looking guy looked like at this time. Yes. He is like what you would see, like a so it's like a soap opera uh, template for a traditional, traditionally handsome American man. And what a head of hair! in his early thirties, a lot of yes. hair. Yeah. This girl, I did not like at all, and I was really glad when he fucking killed her, because she just seemed like such a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> the one who got in the Did she get in the car already? I think no, she... No, she, the, yeah, talking, she got in the car. He's talking to the other... Well, she he was looking at her, though, because he stopped on the way. Oh, the one on with the, the way. No, 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 okay. no. I don't know if we've gotten She got it. came out of the gym. She came out of a gym. Yeah. And I think they took his picture when, she look, when he turned to look at her get in the car. No, someone beeped. Because that was why he was stopped. Yeah. And then Wendy grabbed his arm and said, excuse me, and looked right in his face. As you do. Well, he won't know Wendy from a bag of tea. Her right there, this bitch. She just has this air of, I'm so much better than you, and I'm too good for you. She's an 80s Moira Rose. can't afford this. And then she's kind of fucking... It's the shoulder pads. She just seems like very like um bald up bald, no ball busting dried up career woman I might mention <laughs> like that kind of I hope her baby comes out like a monkey hmm. um <laughs> and how she talks to an answering machine 
like angrily as well. She wasn't talking to the answering machine. No, no, it's on the ground. She said, you know, it's like she said that to the phone. She called the airport to check the status of a flight. (laughs) Some, I think, I don't know if it's her husband or her boyfriend or somebody. But somebody is flying in to see her or to come home yeah. to her. And he left a message it, on the machine me and said, I'll see you at like 930. And then, but he was, I guess, I guess he's late. Um, because that's why she called, I guess that's why she called the airport. Yeah. And she, she wanted to check the status of the flight and whoever said it was on the ground. And then she just hung up on them. These guitar riffs are very jarring, mm. I think. Oh, and I forgot the, uh, I always, I always tend to, uh, you know, say what was the inception for the movie. The Night Stalker. But for this, the inception of the movie was, um... Gary Sherman had done a bunch of movies before this. A lot of them were very violent. Um, he did a movie called, I think, um, Death Note or something. But it got him a lot of acclaim in the UK because that's where he shot it. And then he did a lot, he did a movie called um, Dead and Buried, which is oh, has kind of a cult following. Has that got Robert England in horror movie? I think and, like, so. Like they take photos and. People burn up. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a weird yeah. one. I always remember the um, cover being on the back of covers. Just by... <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's like a woman's face half into yes. the dirt. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, he did that. And he did um, a movie called uh, Vice Squad. Um, that was kind of violent. And he had a, a, uh, a young daughter, and she said, you know, you're always doing these movies, but I can never watch them. And so she was 14 when he wrote this, and he wrote this specifically so she could see yeah. it. That's and sweet. Her name is her name is Melissa. Yeah. So Lisa is named after her. But he did Poltergeist 3 as well. Oh, okay. Right before this. And that was PG-13. Yeah. But I, he had a bad experience with that. So I don't, I think he, I think he just didn't, I, th- I think he just wanted to forget yeah. about that was movie. Was that one of the cursed movies type of thing where they talk about how there was a few things that went wrong with the actors and. Well, Heather O'Rourke died. Yeah. When they were well, no, no. Actually, what happened was they shot it and it got a PG, and I think they wanted a PG thirteen. So they storyboarded the final act um, so that it would be more intense. And they had all these different ideas for special effects uh, that would be um, 
more sophisticated and complex yeah. than what ended up on the the first cut. And Heather O'Rourke was supposed to be in it, and they were supposed to shoot it in, um, I think, um, April of 89, and it was going to come out in September. And she died in February. Oh. And because of that, he he really didn't want to do yeah. it. Um, but the studio was insistent, and so they had um, a double for her. And that just that left him with a bad taste in yeah. with that over that movie. And so yeah, he said it's he said he's proud of some moments in the movie, but overall it's his least favorite yeah. movie that he's done. But I forgot to tell you the best part of all about director writer Gary Sherman. Yes. Hold on to your nipples. The Brady Bunch. We have the same birthday. Oh, really? <laughs> well, that explains everything. Mm-hmm. Your obsession mm-hmm. with telephones. I could have written this movie. Yes. Except I wouldn't have had a teenage daughter <laughs> to have written it for. Well, that, it's, I liked that. I think it was Wes Craven um, started making stronger roles for women because of his daughter. I feel, or someone. <laughs> they sort of said, "Why do you make the girls run and trip?" He didn't make slasher movies, though. No. Well, what? No. Well, what would you call his work? Um. I would say he's more fantasy. Okay. In the fantasy uh, under the fantasy umbrella of horror. Well, no. Um, and he, well, yeah. Yeah, I guess there was a few. Because, but, but not exclusively. No, not exclusively. But um, like la- I think I think Last House on the Left is more of a grindhouse exploitation movie than it is a horror movie. Um. Um, I can't. I've never seen the Hills Have Eyes. Hills Have yeah. Eyes, so I can't okay. really qualify it. Well, uh, the Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left were based on older stories. Um, yeah, Last House on the Left was of uh, the Virgin Spring, Spring. Yeah, and that was, a, and then that became a, a Bergman movie. Yes, yeah, no, that is. Uh, well, Bergman was before Last House on the Left. Yeah. Yes. But it, the the novel was written in the 1800s. Yep, yep, yep. I saw that movie, and it was fine. I don't remember too much of it, but... I liked that I watched it. I think I think when it came out, when the novel came out, it was very, very controversial. Yeah. And I think The Last House was about, like, a Scottish tribe or something that would kill people. In the cliffs or something like that. I thought they were like um, subhumanoid, like um, they were the leftovers of some kind of a fucking 
scientific experiment that used the land to test. No, that's that's the movie. I'm talking about the origin story that it was sort of stemmed. You know, the seed. Mm. But I always enjoyed Wes Craven's commentaries because uh, he would go into talk about uh, his idea process and stuff like that. Even, even like, I'm one of the few that liked my soul to take, and uh, even just him talking about stuff, ideas he had for the characters and symbolism in the movie. And anyway. See, this is another example of um, the 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 relationship be, relationship being frust- yes. frustrating because she's telling her she can't go really for no reason yeah. or no legitimate reason, and I think part of it has to do with she didn't like that they were telling secrets at the table. Yeah. So I think Lisa's really justified yeah, yeah. here. You know, it could be that the mother feels guilt of... Because Lisa's sort of like a latchkey child. Because the mother's had to work all the time. and So the strictness comes out unnecessarily. You know, it, it, it's almost like to compensate but, that, that she's not there. But Lisa has proven herself time and time again that she's smart and she's very responsible. Because yeah. um, she always checks in whenever she comes home, you know. And all that stuff, um, but there's really no reason why she can't go away with Wendy and her family for the weekend. That that was just mean. I think that was just to um, to a pull in control. the leash yeah. a little closer. Yeah, and I never liked that line. I think you and Wendy have spent enough time together for a while. I was like, what, the, what did Wendy do? Yeah. Uh, I, it was, I think to me that line was, is kind of like, you're growing up and I don't like yeah. it. Ah, oh, this is one of the fucking, this whole scene is so fucking <laughs> tense. Yes. Because it's, it's sort of like, um, up until this point, it's been quite innocent play, and then suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, this consequences. It's up, yeah, stakes are yes. higher. Stakes are getting high now, and Gary wanted it to be as real as possible, and so he made Stacy crouch down as low as she could, and when D.W. was driving the car, he said, "If you even get an impression of her there." I want you to let me know. Yeah. Um, but how he wouldn't feel her against the back of the seat, I don't know. Well, and I feel that uh, you would you could smell someone else in this car. Yeah, you probably like could. Sense, uh, Especially a yes. girl. Like, because uh, straight away I can smell like a hair conditioner. You know, it's, it's... yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a really good point. I never thought of that. And her fucking reaction when she sees him coming down the steps is priceless.
This is a lucky break for her. <laughs> yeah, it was convenient. Yes. It was convenient, but it's believable. That woman right there was the sister of the woman who co-wrote the script. Okay. And that guy was a friend of Gary's, yeah. who was like, um, Gary is not computer savvy. <laughs> like so me. <laughs> Gary would always call him to fix his computer. And he wanted a, a little tiny role in the movie. Yeah. Now, I know that, you know, I always say never ever say if you were in this situation you would do blah 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 because you don't know what you would do if you were in the situation until you're yes. in the situation. But if it were me and I was in that car and it locked, I would have gotten out right yeah, away. Yeah, I would have unlocked it. Uh, actually, the only thing I thought maybe was um, I would have gotten into the boot and left through the back. <laughs> oh my god. What? I have a story. Um, well, alright, this is what happened. Um, when my sister and I were younger, if my parents had to go with like shopping or something, usually they would take us to my grandmother's house. Mm -hmm. And so let me preface it with that. That's preface one. And then preface two is um, my sister got away with fucking murder her whole life from when she was little. Yeah. She never got in trouble for anything. So is that what happened to your brother? I <laughs> I got in trouble for everything. Um, so there's that. Now, in the summer, if my dad parked the car right in front of our house to keep it cooler, he would leave all the windows down. And there was a kid who lived next door to me and I decided I'm gonna have him stow away in the trunk <laughs> when, because I knew we were about to go to my grandmother's. I was like, um, he'll stow away in the trunk and then he'll hang with me at my grandmother's yeah. house. Um, so something was going on that I, I, I don't know. I don't, rem I, I don't remember this to this day. But something was going on prior. My sister had done something. And both of my parents were not happy with her at all. And I was in the back. Michael, this was a station wagon. So it was the, um, the what do you call it? What do they call that back portion? Um. We used to call it the trunk, but it wasn't yeah, a trunk. Uh, let's just call but it you that. could sit yeah, yeah. in it. it um, he was lying down on his back. And um, as soon as we like pulled out onto the street, I was like, oh no. Because it got, it went from zero to 60 like that. They were both screaming <laughs> at her. 
<laughs> louder and saying the nastiest things to yeah. her. It, I don't think to this day they ever laid into her that bad. Yeah. I don't know what she did, but they were both steam coming out of the yeah, ears. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I didn't say a word, but I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And I got up on my knees and leaned on the back of the seat to act like I was looking out the back. And I looked down at my friend and he had like this look of panic on his <laughs> Yeah, I can face. imagine. And then he just like plugged his ears. And I just remember my dad got really loud yeah. at one point because he screamed something. And then Michael just like kind of um, shuddered, like his shoulders went up, like oh, like, was like he jumped, <laughs> kind of a little bit. And then, but this literally lasted until we got to my grandmother's house. It was a five; it's a five-minute ride from that from there to there, but it felt like forever, yeah. and it went on from door to door, and. As soon as we got there, he jumped up and he climbed out of my side of the door, my side of the yeah. car. And um, my mom didn't see him come out of the car, but my dad did. <laughs> and um, so we went into the house and... Uh, me and my sister and my mom wasn't done <laughs> so she went in she started screaming and then she was like you know what fuck it I don't even want to go now. Oh. and I was like oh no because I had to get back in the car <laughs> and when I got back in the car my father grabbed me by the collar so hard, I shit you not, he ripped my shirt in half. Yeah. He was like, what the fuck were you thinking? And then I got the brunt of yes. it. <laughs> you got the, the walk parent yeah. scream of them. Yeah. They left her alone, and then it was yeah. me. It was on to me. Oh, that was bad. It was really bad. Did you ever see your friend after that? <laughs> yeah, I did. He lived next door. <laughs> that would be awkward. <laughs> I don't think I ever told anybody that story before. See, um, it's annoying that he couldn't remember what it was about. <laughs> I don't know. She was caught shoplifting. But it... No, I don't think... Well, I don't know. I think I... I think I was able to piece it together because of what they were screaming about. But I just remember my father going, You're stupid. You're so fucking stupid. <laughs> um... So... Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Richard, I have to go. My other line's running. I'll talk to you later. No, wait. 
Yeah, I never told anybody that before. Now I'm probably going to find the least episodes. <laughs> no, I remembered it. I remembered it. I just, I didn't think it showed my parents in such a good light. No, well, parents are like that. You know, uh, I think uh, if you only watched sitcoms, then you'd think that you're that your parents are far worse than everyone else's, but my parents were like that, you know. But that was like my, that was like my equivalent of Lisa being petrified <laughs> in the back seat. <laughs> Him and his Cosby sweater. Yeah. Do you know what a Cosby sweater is? Um, I don't. Huh? Um, I don't know if it's an Australian term, but uh, when you, you when you say someone's wearing a Cosby sweater, it's um because they've uh, gotten so drunk they've vomited all over themselves. No, that's not what a Cosby sweater. <laughs> well, I know is. I know <laughs> traditionally what it is. I could I didn't actually understand the advice he was giving her. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> No, neither did I. The ball over the holes? What what holes are you talking about? Thumb up first? I don't know. Did you just say what holes are you talking about? No, but he better seem like it was uh, the holes, I don't know, in the ground. I don't know. (laughs) Was she putting her fingers in the wrong hole or something? Um, I think it was she was positioning it the wrong way. And it had, I think it correlated to those little arrows that are on the lane. Yep. So I think the way the ball, the holes roll over those arrows, because I think they have those little, I think they have little nubs at the base of them, I think. So I think that affects the way the ball rolls down the lane. Yep. Um... I'm, I just pulled that out of my ass. I have no idea. <laughs> You're like pulling um, it from Greece too. Because, because, um, yeah, I, I, I've been bowling. Um, I wouldn't say frequently in my life, but I've been bowling, and I could never throw anything but a gutter ball. Mm-hmm. So I literally just th- started throwing it. Um, <laughs> Making dents and in the ground, out of, in the aisle. Out of, like, fucking, out of frustration. I remember I was at a birthday party, and I was like, all right, I'm hitting, I'm hitting nothing. You should have asked for the bumper and balling. I just, I just started throwing it, and then I started knocking shit over. I was like, all right, okay. That works, yeah. I found something that works. And then the, um, I was, yeah, it was a birthday party. And it was the same people I told you about who I went to see um, the Jean-Claude Gaudin Oh, yes, yep, yep, yep. So the cool parents. It was their... <laughs> no, they were not. They hated me. They fucking hated me. Um, and they... I, I was invited begrudgingly, I think. <laughs> um, by the father, especially. But... I heard him saying to like everybody who was with an earshot and especially to me 
because I was in earshot. He's going to break the floor. He's going to break the floor. And then finally he had to stop. He went up to me and went, could you stop? You're going to break the floor. A floor where these giant heavy balls Mm -hmm. land on 75,000 times a day. Just because I'm not rolling it, it's going to break the floor? Really? Oh, and you, I got a better story about him. Um, break the internet. <laughs> when I was in eighth, when I was in eighth grade, um, like uh, I, there was this uh, kid who was he was a new kid, and I felt bad for him because like he was really he was really effeminate too. So like he didn't know anybody, and other kids were making fun of him. So like me and this me and my friend Debbie like befriended him and so he like started eating lunch with us and everything and then we that was the year we graduated and we were supposed to go on to high school so um we started hanging out outside of school uh, because he didn't live too far and so we were hanging out over the summer and he would come to my house on occasion and that summer this neighbor who saw himself as like the mayor of the fucking block was always like you know organizing things like hanging christmas lights and um block parties yeah so we had a block party coming up for the fourth of july and i was uh sitting on my step talking to one of some kid who lived up the street and the father was talking to um a neighbor and he said, very close to me, and loud enough so I could hear, so when we have this block party, it's just for the people who live up the street. No outsiders. And no outsiders was emphasized. And he looked at me to make sure that I could hear. And I looked him dead in his face. And I wanted to say, uh, you mean my black friend? Is that who you mean? Oh. Fucking asshole. Did you ever keep in touch with the effeminate friend of yours? No, we we kind of we kind of um, went to high school and drifted off. Yeah. Went, yeah, we went we went to different high schools, yeah. so we didn't stay in touch. It isn't always nice. Um, I called them a couple of times, but yeah. I reconnected with a boy from my primary school because he. Uh, um, got a position at my work so it was nice to reconnect with someone but then I sort of left soon after well no he got fired soon after that I think <laughs> well I try I do remember trying to look him up but he had a very I don't want to say his name yeah yeah but he had a very like generic yes, yeah. name like James Jones Thompson. or Smith yeah. or something like that seductive music it's it's Mm -hmm. reminds you of those movies um that were very 80s centric where the uh lead was like a 14 year old girl (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah like pretty baby with like angel and um angel only angel was 25 and uh poison ivy you know well drew barrymore was like 16 so that's apropos 
the, I don't know what the mum's reaction here is. Like, I don't want to wear that. <laughs> no, she had an ensemble put together that she was fine with, and but Lisa wanted her to wear the white to wear the white dress because she wanted to fix them up. I don't understand that entirely. Yeah. Well, it, I guess it showed that she was still playing around and didn't really want to. She didn't think that they would actually meet up, so she was just pretending to be someone else. Maybe. You nosy Parker. She's such a busybody. <laughs> Oh, please, like, you didn't go through your parents. Yeah, but doors. I wouldn't then go confront them about things. No, if I had confronted my mother about something like that, I would have got some sort of be like, face. yeah, a, a dark secret I get to keep. <laughs> this restaurant was owned by a friend of Carrie Sherman's. Yeah. I think it's still there. Oh, this guy is fucking gorgeous. He reminds me of Those someone eyes. I know, yeah. His fucking... Oh my god, they're so beautiful. <laughs> they're like um, turquoise. <laughs> Emerald. They're just like such a beautiful, beautiful shade of blue. Well, anytime I see a woman wearing um, a scarf type of ensemble like Cheryl Ladd, it makes me think that they're conscious of their jerky neck. She's no, I know, for a I know that, neck. but it just makes me think of it. <laughs> well, she, I mean, could I think? It's like I, I <laughs> she. It would have looked, it would have looked better had the sheer part and the neck not been yet. there. It if it would just if it were just like a a plain white dress with a little cleavage. It, it just, I took a photo of my mum the other day to send to my sister, and uh, my mum said, "Oh, let me look at it," and I showed her. And, like, and she went and put a scarf on, and she got me to take it again. Aww. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, I look so old in that." I like that thing she does with her hand. <laughs> Eyebrows. Why is he dressed like a Mormon? Go mm. hire a straight decorator. Well, they, um, well, Gary had an, an, a specific idea for his, for Richard's apartment. He wanted it to be modern but minimalist. Yeah. It was like, um, it's not modern, modern, but it's like, um, it was like a, um, 80s recreation of a 30s look. Oh, okay. It, was. it just sort of reminded me of a cheap American psycho <laughs> interior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's astute. Um, that was also, that was also a set. Okay. That wasn't a real apartment, yeah. um, and they make to to make it look authentic. Um, right outside his um, right outside his window is a red light. <laughs> he keeps seeing flashing. Yeah, yeah. 
So they they wanted it, they wanted you to think that like it was like some kind of advertisement. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was that was a uh, I forget what the fancy word for the background is, but it was not real. There's those blue eyes. Oh, that's again. another guy. Was yeah, that? some bleach blonde. Oh well, he, he's the one I'm t- I'm talking about. The one who gives her the um gives Richard the uh, no no yeah so the original guy is the one that you like and this guy that gave the check is now just some random mm. and he's um he's talking up the clients like Julianne Moore in Body of yes. Evidence see that's what you gotta yeah. do you gotta be friends cause you, you gotta, gotta have friends, friends. so they'll come back alright settle I'm getting a, I'm getting a, like my nose is blocking up so <laughs> <laughs> At least mine stopped itching. Yes. I've caught what you have. Oh, good. When Cheryl Ladd comes back, look at Lisa's face. Because she has this smug look on her face like I did something. Mm. You don't know. <laughs> Although, uh, the killer in this, he does give me vibes of uh, the killer from Angel as well. And I don't know if it's because of... Um, the similar storyline dynamic of the young girl and the older. Or if it's because just how that's how my memory works. I always wondered if there was something in between that them leaving and when they get home, like some kind of uh, tense moment with them in the car. Because um Oh look at that! Look at those eyes. Um, but when, but when Catherine, when they, as soon as they get in, Catherine just like lays into yeah. her, and Lisa spins around like what? Yeah. But in saying that, did, did they drive in the car on the way there? Yeah. What do you mean? No, I just can't remember the scene of them in the car on the way to the restaurant. No, they didn't. They don't show. Yeah. But I'm saying, I'm I'm wondering if there was a, if there was something of them driving back, that was cut for time or something. No, but what I was trying to say is that if they didn't uh, have a car scene, maybe they didn't have a scene. <laughs> but I I get what you're saying. Like it doesn't make sense. It, it's very filmic where they uh, say, "I'll explain in the ca-, uh, like you know, I'll explain when we get there, and then don't talk." <laughs> Are you still there? Okay. She needed a fucking slap. Um, no, watch when she jumps down on the couch or whatever that is. That it just did it. There's a little, a little coiled snake yes. statue on her desk that makes a loud noise because she hits yes. it, or the, or it the hits cushion the, hits it, or something. Yeah, and then the snake hits the wall. Oh, is that what it was? Um, but I always wish that they would cut that out, but you can't because Cheryl was talking yeah. or yelling over it. Um, but the tension between them that in that brief, those few moments was really, really good. Yeah. And I always thought that that little, that little thing kind of ruined it. (laughs) 
But something I found quite lovely uh, is that when when the mother leaves the room and she's sort of like crying at the door, you, she feels bad. Yeah, but there's the picture of Cheryl and her daughter next to it, so it's sort of like oh, I never noticed showing uh, how and they're you know very smiling in the photo. It's sort of like gone from that picture to where they are now. I never noticed that. You know what also what I also think was really smart about the writing um in the dialogue was the way um Lisa picks up things that people say to her. Yes. And then yeah. uses them back to her mother like when Richard says she looks she look uh, you you might you got to be 16 and she says people always say I look like I'm 16. Yeah. Yes. And that whole, if you got laid once in a while, came from Wendy. Um, well, and she even said something to Richard that her mother had said about the guy, uh, you know, say how many women do you speak to? Or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. There are so many women in, in your life you can't yeah. remember me. Yep. Yeah, that, I thought, I always thought that was really, that was really smart. Yeah. Because you do, people do do that yes, yeah. in real life. And she took the high guy yes. from her yeah. mother, too. Her mother always said that. Which, And I think she thought that was uh, a way that adults talked yeah. to one another. And she she was always trying to sound adult on And the to phone. me, it also helped um, add to why Richard would be conf- not, like could be fooled into thinking the mother is who he is talking to. I, was, I don't think it came mm. up, but I thought uh, if he saw, if he sees... Um, Cheryl saying hi guy to someone then it would make sense that that's who he has been talking to the whole time um I don't I don't know I don't know if she says that but she does come in to the store while he's in there talking to the to the other woman and I think that was just to confirm that um, Cheryl was the woman from the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa's definitely rebelling. Yes. I've been sitting here for hours trying to control my anger. What the hell do you mean leaving like that? I can't even trust you anymore. I didn't want to stay there and fight with you all weekend. I wanted to be with Wendy. Are you going to tell her parents? That's what I'm. I was trying to hear that because she says when you come back Saturday, but she's spending the weekend. No, um, when Jeffrey Tambor in, invites them initially, um, he says um, we're not staying the whole weekend oh, okay. because my company is having a big party on so Saturday. So they left on the Friday after school and they're coming back the next day. All right. Yeah, I guess, I guess it was. Well, it might have been. It might have been uh, Thursday, or I don't know, because it was um, Easter weekend. So, oh, yep. Maybe they had an extended, extended weekend. It might have been Thursday or Friday. Did you get Good Friday mm-hmm. off? I don't understand. I don't think. I, I don't know how far, 
how far is Big Bear from Los Angeles? I don't know. But they weren't even in Big Bear. That cabin was in Topanga County. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've only seen people go to Big Bear in um, Housewives. <laughs> so, and, and I have no idea how far it is. <laughs> this would annoy me. Like, I would be... This would fuck me right. <laughs> and, like, I don't know how I would react if I were to get into my car and find someone's been in there through the night. <laughs> that That's creepy. Yeah. And he's the only the only character in the whole movie who smokes. Because yes. it's bad. I'm joking. If this were made today, guess what? <laughs> it's trying to quit. <laughs> R rating. Right away. I do like how like how he gets progressively creepier and creepier. Uh, and what, once you see him yeah, on the hunt... Yeah, because he's playing with yeah. her like a cat yeah. with a mouse. Well, she... I think I think he's enjoying it more because he saw it as her toying with yeah. him. And now it's his turn. Yeah. So I think he's relishing this a bit of, a bit more of than he's ever relished. Yeah. yeah. Because there's because the other the other women were just randos, and I mean even even her uh, not recognizing him at the restaurant. He could have seen as like a, a bit of um, toying. I'm, I'm sad. I feel like. Uh, your friend in the back seat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, what did I walk into? <laughs> well, um, for a movie like this, I mean, well, you got Jeffrey Tambor, who was, you know, very accomplished and and you know seasoned actor, but. You know, for a movie like this, you you really do have a lot of a lot of talent yeah. um, on screen. Um, but um, I always thought that when he asked if her parents passed away, he did a little stutter, like, "Should I be asking her this?" Because yeah. he goes, "Are they passed away?" And that's what makes her fly off the handle yeah. a little bit. Um, but it, I think it was he wanted to engage her because they were all kind of like talking about family, yeah, yeah, yeah. stories. And she, I guess he felt bad that she wasn't included, and he he didn't know how to include her. Yeah. And I I guess it, it's hard to think of another way to ask like, what's with your grandparents? <laughs> Someone about their extended yeah. family, yeah. I guess maybe he sensed that she was un- like sad about it, so assumed maybe they had died. I think he saw that she was just uncomfortable, yeah. and he just he wanted to extend he that. He wanted to include <laughs> her. Well, I would be uncomfortable too if I was sitting at a table with a bunch of. That's it can like be, yeah. That's like sitting. It's like sitting at a table with a bunch of friends who all know each other intimately and you only know 
one person and they're engaged with everybody else and you're just sitting there like an asshole <laughs> see i don't mind that actually <laughs> oh i don't I, I used to hate that because that used to fucking happen every time i went out with my ex who was the musical theater major yeah because he used to act or um he used to portray himself as someone who had a lot of friends and was very social and active um but in the few times i would go out with him and the, they were kid because this was when he was in school um i didn't get the sense that they didn't like him but I could definitely sense that they couldn't give a shit whether he was there or not. Yeah, yeah. Because they did not look at him or talk to him or anything. Yeah, yeah. So, usually, if we would go out, I would be sitting there, because he wouldn't even be talking to me. He'd be trying to engage one of them, and they really didn't care. Um, So, I would just be sitting there twiddling my thumbs. It's yeah. It's one of those cases where, because he had to work for their attention, you get to be on the way side. <laughs> Hi, guy. Listen, I wanted to call you before you left work. I remember in one time I went over to um, an apartment of a classmate of his who was really fucking hot too. Um. He was in the musical theater department as well. And they were just going to have like a hangout night where they were going to drink and watch movies and stuff. And it was like BYOB. So I brought like beer and I think he was, he didn't drink because beer was all I drank and he drank hard liquor. And I think he was going to try to get a glass of something off of somebody because he was a bit of a leech. Um, so what ended up happening was me just sitting there drinking my beer by myself with nobody talking to me. Um, and everybody else either, they're watching Family Guy on DVD. So they were either laughing at Family Guy or talking to each other about something that was going on on Family Guy. But, and then... Um, the cute one had, I guess, drank to the point where you get really hungry, and he made it. He made um those Pillsbury cinnamon rolls in the mm-hmm. oven, which I and I really wanted one, but I wasn't going to ask. So he was up there making them, and I think they were all for him. <laughs> <laughs> Because they I don't know, I guess he was playing around, but um, one of the other ones who was there, like, kind of snuck up behind him when he took him, out, took him out of the oven, and he just went, back up! <laughs> <laughs> it was cute, but it was also kind of startling yeah. at the same time. He was drunk. <laughs> um, yeah, he was drunk. But he was also super cute. Yes. You reminded me of a story. I went to a, um, it wasn't so much a house party, it was just a house gathering with me and my ex. And there was this guy there who was 
basically a step away from being homeless. He was just, uh, but, but but in a we- he was a weirdo. And I felt bad because every time my ex would light up his cigarette, this guy would suddenly be there and say, oh, yes, please. <laughs> and that was his way of oh. taking us. And every time, yeah, it was just... <laughs> my ex obnoxious. couldn't hide and, like, he would just be found. Every Like, the lighter would come out and suddenly this, this leech would be there. <laughs> okay. So not only did Richard break in and make preparations, but he clogged the toilet by taking a massive (laughs) deuce. I feel that the crystal door handles are out of place. Can I come in? That's very old fashioned. That the rest of the day core doesn't look like it matches it. Oh, I just remembered something. Um, That was your drag name? um, Crystal yes. door hand. There was this. Oh, and this here to heighten the um, heighten the tension. tension of what's about to happen. The director said he wanted everything in the car to happen as normal as possible, to everybody to be as normal as possible. So that's why the, the little brother says, "Bye, stupid head," because yeah. everything's supposed to be lighthearted and fun, and yeah. you know, everybody's fine. Um, Juxtapose. And I think it it works. Yeah. It really does. Um, but, um, no, I just remembered something. Um, I, there's this book that I read called Cuts by Richard Lehman. And um, this guy, I don't remember why, but he broke into this woman's house because he was going to murder her. Cause it was, and it was told from his perspective. And I think it was his first murder. And he got, like, really... Excited? He got bad anxiety and he got the shit cramps. <laughs> so he was like stalking around the house. So, and then he had to stop and go to the bathroom because he couldn't control himself yeah. because <laughs> things were happening. But yeah, that was something that I never read in a book before. But, and yeah. I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty real. <laughs> Although that's something my sister sort of mentions when, like, this was years ago, when someone say hiding from a killer, she would be like farting <laughs> the whole time out of like yeah. worry. Yeah, or pissing. <laughs> this is nasty how he uses Catherine's head to club Lisa. Yeah, yeah. And Gary... Gary said that when he was he was writing the movie Vice Squad, he did a ride along with the police, and he actually saw that happen uh, when they were trying to apprehend people, and it always stuck with yeah. him. He really fucking threw yes. her going to be an angel soon. I just think this this whole sequence from when she comes to the door and through the door it's just it's staged yeah. and blocked so perfectly yeah. 
and he knew exactly where he wanted the camera to be, where he wanted them to be. Yeah. Um, you could tell that he really, really knew what he was doing. Yeah. Because everything in this this whole sequence works yes. so well. And that's why I love it so much. I feel like it's almost... Uh, this is a case of... Uh, um, the consequences of wanting to grow up too quickly. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Hmm. It's like, see, this is this is what you want. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to get yeah. it, babe. I'm I'm glad that they was... kind of fought back a bit better than other victims do. <laughs> that was yeah. Well, uh, sh- no, I mean, Catherine wasn't going to let anything yes. happen. Lisa, you fucking crazy. But um. Uh, Gary was very, very proud of the, the, I don't know what it was. I mean, he tried he tried to explain it, but it was like I don't quite follow <laughs> yes. what you're saying. But he said that the special effects person came up with this really um, inventive way of that knife. Oof. Um, that knife wound where coming out the, when he pushed yeah, on yeah, yeah. it it came out of his back yeah. and then he said there's even a moment when he pulls it when he reaches from behind and pulls it you can see the point disappear yeah, from yeah. the front yeah that is really effective because that would be two effects happening simultaneously yeah yeah Oh. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious when he got affected by the mace and he was like trying to keep his eyes open. <laughs> oh, wait, my favorite part. Oh, I get the fucking chills every time I see this. You took out my phone. <laughs> oh. Just still bitter about it. <laughs> This is what happens when you take out my phone. But I love this emotion here because Catherine's crying because she wanted to protect her her whole life and she feels like she failed. And Lisa's crying because she brought this. Yeah, yeah. That's very much it. And they're both saying, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. See, all I think about in these type of scenes is my mother would be slapping. <laughs> like, as opposed to... The I know. It's like, what, what was wrong with you? <laughs> oh, my God. This is God. what you get when, when you call strangers up. See, that's the same thing. It's kind of reminiscent of... Um, in fear when um oh something fell when um at the end when they're all trying to break into the house and the amy brenneman says you designed this no entry without the code and reese just goes i gave him the code david's got the code 
And they just both look at her like, and if that was me, I would have been punched in the face. (laughs) You stupid motherfucker. But, you know, she gave it to him thinking he's not a psycho. (laughs) This was really smart. Yes. Too. To completely trash the room. I remember, um, just (laughs) one of my co-workers years ago um someone uh broke into our house and then set her underwear on fire like <laughs> so and it was weird like she had to like they found the people and she had to go to court and she and um their defense lawyer was trying to suggest that um i guess it goes into motive like uh, he was trying to say that she had sort of trashed her own room and then they lit up her her clothes whereas obviously what had happened is they had taken her clothes out and set it on fire so it, I just found it weird that like it would have been a lesser crime had she left the clothes out and they lit it up so it, it, Wait, let me like say this opportunity he he had um, he had um, prosthetics on his eyes to make them look swollen yeah. and they were really uncomfortable and he really couldn't see yes. without without pulling his eyes. <laughs> Which like worked well. <laughs> yeah. It is very effective. On your mother. And she said, Richard, no. Yes. Now, my mother would not have waited for him to hit the ground. Before, my mother like, would have been like, you, you knew this motherfucker? <laughs> He would have been mid-air, yes. and I would have gotten slapped. He would have crashed your fall. <laughs> I would have landed before him. Okay. Oh, I also wanted to say. Now we were we <laughs> he is the did slap. talk about. <laughs> Sorry. We did talk about you know people saying like you know like in Call of Us how they said you know we totally ripped off Argento and shit like yep, that. Yep, yep. Well, I wrote a book called Payphone and I completely ripped off the whole sequence with the answering machine. Um, in the book, the, the, the protagonist is jarred out of bed by the killer and he fucks her up a bit and she does something to temporarily incapacitate him so she kind of crawls out of the bedroom into the living room and while she's in the dark and while she's feeling her way she knocks over the answering machine and it just keeps playing the messages yeah so that totally ripped that off but i got the um the audiobook um Oh fuck! What was his name? Um, uh, 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 Mallet. Shit, I, I don't remember his name because I haven't worked with him in a while. But he worked really well with audio engineering. Yeah. And I said I have this idea because the book revolves so heavily around phones and telephone, telephonic communication. Yeah. Do you think you could manipulate to make that? Make it sound like and a phone call. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So yeah, a lot of the conversations that take place on the phone in the book, in the audio book, sound like they are coming through a phone. And during the scene with the answering machine, um, every time somebody would get who had left a message would get cut off he would cut it off with the beep yeah it came out really really well yeah, yeah good um so yeah check out payphone by me yes and also if you haven't already check out lisa check out everything check out it all of yes. it mm-hmm all of it all of it (laughs) every last drop especially with the sexy music in the background oh they're the song (laughs) and Joe Renzetti's (laughs) sorry you go Joe Renzetti scores for the um, for for Frankenhooker especially there's a lot of horns in in it okay but they're used in a totally different way. Yeah. It's not sexy at no. all. I don't know what this instrument is right here. I feel it's just a um, synthesizer. Probably. So... See, it says nineteen eighty nine copyright United Artists. Um that could have been yes, that's copyright, that's production. Okay. We're going by release. Just like um with body of evidence, um Yes. People are trying to say now that it was ninety two. Yeah, it was made in ninety two and it was supposed to be released in ninety two, but it was released in ninety three, so we're saying ninety three. Um so as I was saying, this being your first time seeing Lisa, what are your thoughts? Tell me everything. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's it's a very competent thriller. Uh, I yeah, I, I think if the only thing I might have wanted was Wendy being in more peril. <laughs> I just. I think because I don't really like her. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, she's a polarizing character because she's either she's the kind of character either you really like her and you think she's funny or you think she's annoying. Well, I think I think what it was is because she got with uh, Lisa's the guy that she liked. I'm surprised that they didn't know that. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. No, 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 she didn't. No, but the guy that Lisa liked invited Wendy out. That's why she was crying, no. crying at the event or whatever. You know. <laughs> no. What was that all about? No, 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 no. <laughs> the guy that Wendy liked asked Wendy out, and um, oh. the guy he had a friend who wanted to take Lisa out, yeah. so they were going to go on a double date, and. Lisa was crying because she knew that her mother wasn't going to let her. Oh, I, oh my God. <laughs> I'm embarrassed that I didn't grasp that. <laughs> well, yeah, it was pretty in your face. I mean, 
but okay. the one thing the one thing I didn't I didn't like that um that Wendy did was when Lisa is in rebellious mode and she says to hell with my mom I'm going to hang out with you guys and she is she's going to go you know meet up with this kid who originally wanted to take her out and then Wendy says you can't he already asked Casey and then you see him with another girl yeah yeah Um, it's a himbo. So if Wendy was really a friend, Re- Wendy would have been like, um, I-, "I gotta go. Um, I'm go- I-, I had plans with Lisa or something." I wouldn't have let Lisa go off by herself. Yeah. If Wendy is her best friend, yeah, yeah, uh, like bros before hoes, but the female version. Yes, I just heard that the other day. Now I don't remember what it, what they call chicks it. before dicks. No, there's no, another okay. one that's less crass. Um, vag before Madge. I heard it on Jeopardy, so oh, okay. it, you know it wasn't it wasn't chicks before dicks. Vulvas before fellas. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It might have been something that rhymes with fellas. What rhymes with fellas? Bellas. 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 Kellas. Jellas. There's Bellas. No. Girls before hurls? Yes, girls before <laughs> hurls. Oh, sisters before misters. Oh, yeah. Okay. Stupid. <laughs> I, was, I was starting to, I was about to think like, sisters before jizzes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Imagine that on Jeopardy. What is scissors before yeah. jizzes? So, <laughs> but you, 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 you're, um, you're um, assuming that <clears throat> women enjoy that scissoring. Is that what you said? Well, yes. <laughs> I was talking about the jizz. <laughs> I, I, actually, I was thinking about that the other day. How there was a woman who's allergic to it. I was like, oh, how can that be a case? Ugh. She's allergic there to sperm or fucking... I think that was probably just her way of getting out of. Well, and then things. I was thinking, oh, I wonder if you would test that. You know, if you'd put a bit of your jizz in like a soup and then so. And <laughs> I, I think she was probably lying. Um, no, but um, ugh. there's this woman who who called in on Howard Stern all the time, and she uh, professed her love for all things semen mm-hmm. um, so much so that she was pretty much branded Debbie the cum lady oh like on the first <laughs> phone call and yeah she would go into detail about how much she loved to blow guys and how much semen she enjoyed eating and sometimes she would freeze it oh and, my god um, 
uh, and she would pretty much suck any dick anytime. Um, and they they uh, set up a meeting with one of the grossest, most disgusting people who was one of the regulars. Um, high pitch Eric. Yeah. You know high pitch Eric? No. But it, like the name reminds well, you of Ross Matthews, so let's let's just pretend it's him. Oh, it's worse. Um, because you know, uh, Ross just sounds like a woman. Um, high pitch Eric sounds like a man doing a really bad impression of a woman, like you know, in those drag comedies yep, yep. of the eighties that kind of voice but yeah they set up a meeting where she because she was so cum hungry that she would blow anybody even filthy disgusting high pitch Eric who has so many rolls of fat that he has to move them aside in order and unfold things to pull his dick out yeah, and his balls because it's all hidden and um yeah she was willing to to do it and she did it but he couldn't finish oh so it was all for so, not yeah so she did the sucking but not the actual consumption well he couldn't he was he did not provide yes yes Mm-mm. i want hmm. he claims not to be gay but he's uh, confessed many a time that he's completely and totally in love with Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's a weird. And has told Donnie Wahlberg <laughs> maybe, and has told Donnie Wahlberg several times. Maybe it's the burgers he likes. Maybe. Well, I think Donnie's better looking than Mark. Um, uh, but then again, I really don't like Mark. Yeah, I. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Mark as an actor, or as a singer, or really as a person. <laughs> I wish him well, uh, but I could probably enjoy a Donnie Wahlberg movie more than a Mark Wahlberg movie. Well, he was really good in the Sixth Sense in that like two yeah. minute part that he had, where it's it was like unrecognizable. Yeah, that was commitment yeah. right there. And he was—I thought he did a decent enough job in the Saw movies that he was in. Oh, that's what he was in. Yes, yes. Uh, he was in stuff earlier to that. Was like he's been in things. Yeah. Yeah. His brother got the acclaim. Mm-hmm. He just got the big dick energy. Oh my god. There was some kind of uh um I don't think it was a free concert. <laughs> but it was like some kind of um big concert going on for the fourth of July last summer. Yeah. And um, I don't remember who the other two acts were. I think they were like, I think they were just solo acts. 
But the headliners were New Kids on the Block. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> and I was like, is there anything more pathetic than a boy band comprised of, like, men in their mid to late 50s? Yes. It'd be like watching Boys to Men. <laughs> it would be like men to geriatrics. Well, they were trying to do a thing with Backstreet Boys for a while. They were touring together. Yep. And this was when Backstreet Boys were way past their prime, too. Yeah. Not yeah, as yeah. way past their prime as New Kids were. Um, but they called themselves NKOTBSB. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I think... Um, I think... Kevin like got tired of it and then it was just the four of them and then um, I think one by one they kind of trickled out and then it just became new kids touring by themselves again yeah I remember um, my sister used to have (laughs) it was quite cute Uh, back in the day it was like a really tiny looking uh, cassette and it had a New Kids on the Blocks as the cover but inside was chewing gum ah oh, I remember those <laughs> and she kept the cassette for a while and it's it's gone now obviously but it was <laughs> I think they had them for like Debbie Gibson and Tiffany yes there was, and there was a few different you know bands that they had but yeah it was, I thought it was a cute idea yeah Well, they later in the '90s they had those with CDs. Oh, um, I don't remember that. Oh. So, well, and they were like, um, they were like um, riffs on real band names. So it was like ZZ Pop. Oh, okay. Um, so basically, and with fake artwork, and then when you, it was a real CD jewel case, and when you opened it up, it was like a. A disc, yeah, but a chewy. It was yeah. bubble gum in the shape of a CD. Actually, I think I do remember and that then, now. Yes. And then after you ate the gum, you were just stuck with a fucking jewel case. It's like, <laughs> what am I going to do with this? A jewel case with no CD. Yeah. Better than a jewel CD. She was good <laughs> way back when. Her first record was good. Yeah. Actually, I used, to, I, used to, I used to be able to play Foolish Games on the piano. Foolish Games is a good song. Yeah. Um, what was the second one? Uh, Hands? Or album? No, that was a s- Spirit. Oh, okay. Yeah. That one was okay. And then didn't you do something in between Spirit... And then oh three oh four. I don't. <laughs> well, I remember anything outside of that. The only thing I remember about Jewel is when she was on the roast of, um, I think Charlie Sheen, and someone. You know, you remember Intuition. No, I'm, I wasn't really a huge. That Jewel fucking fan. song was everywhere. What was Intuition? No, was that that Who Will Save Your Soul? No. Okay. It was when, um, when she did 0304, which was a pop record. And oh, yeah. It's, it's vaguely coming into my memory. Yeah, but I, I don't remember it. 
she got in. She got. She wrote about it in her book. She got a big endorsement deal from the Razor intuition oh because gosh. they wanted her to write a song to go with the ads. Yes, yeah. And she <laughs> wrote. Like... She wrote ten different. She wrote ten different songs called Intuition, yeah. and they chose the one that they liked the most, and that one ended up on the record. Yeah. So I always thought that was Jewel selling out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like she, one day she's living in a van and like, yeah, I'm proud of it. I lived, I lived in a van. I lived on the street. By the river. I'm from Alaska, bitch. <laughs> she was living in a van down by the river. Yeah. And then she got that razor money. Yeah. And then, you know, completely. Oh. I had no idea I was sitting this close to the microphone. It's probably going to sound like one of Jules records. <laughs> we should we should do an episode where it's ICMR. <laughs> oh. I was thinking of doing an episode where we just bullshit. I thought we did that all or, the time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We can do it during like or, Nightmare and Omsuit remake. <laughs> Just like No, I'm scared to put in do, do well, not so much with um with the uh podcasting platforms, but if I do anything with Freddy, it's automatically taken down oh, from yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um no, but I was thinking of doing something like, you know, where we just dedicate an hour to just doing a review for a movie like pretty much every other podcast yeah, yeah. does. So I don't really get the point in that, but I would, I, cause you know, it would just veer off. We would, it would be derailed yeah, yeah. within the first three minutes and we'd be talking crazy. But that one guy likes us. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guy. <laughs> Michael. Hi Michael. <laughs> if you're still listening. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot your last name. But Michael likes us. Yes. Oh. Somebody out there he likes me. He put a little me. heart, too, in his comment. Oh, that's lovely. He liked our angel commentary. Oh, nice. <laughs> when you said that, I thought it was just like, as in click to like. But I'm glad that you're getting some good... No, he actually wrote oh, lovely, something. Lovely. He wrote a few. He wrote a few. Um, to the Friday the 13th. And um, uh, you're not going to get it because you've never seen Black Christmas because you're stupid. <laughs> um, but for the Black Christmas commentary, I did that one with James. Yes. But um, he just put Agnes in the comments. Oh, isn't that what he says on the line? That's what he yes. says on the phone, yeah. Oh, yeah, we we did the remake. No, no, I, I listened to your... Uh commentary with james yeah but we, he does say there there is an agnes in the remake yeah. which we did you and me it means lamb lamb of god no it means um your mother wants you to impregnate her <laughs> um in the crawl space on christmas all right because she doesn't like her boyfriend because he looks he got drunk and couldn't impregnate her. She was something, something like her that. lips were quivering. 
Oh. Well, shall we wrap it up <laughs> with a big fat bow? It's not Christmas. Yeah, but any day can be Christmas. Well, In I don't know heart. what you're getting under your tree, but I ain't getting shit. <laughs> I'm getting some missile camel toe. Oh. Okay. Well, yes, we will put a uh, a lid on this one. Yes, that makes some sense. And one of my favorite thrillers of all time. Um, I keep getting the burpees trying to <laughs> <laughs> trying to wrap it up. Okay, so we are going to yeah put a put a mm-hmm. uh, put a put a lid on this one. I want to say thank you very much to Tony for joining me. It was a blast as always. Thank you for having me. And I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. And until next time, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams.